I invite you to remain standing and receive the Word of God. This comes to us from John chapter 3, verse uh, 14 through 17. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And also, we will hear from St. Paul, from the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of our flesh and senses. We were by nature children of wrath, like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of works so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Holy and compassionate God, we give you thanks for this day that is given to us. We thank you for the grace that is ours in Christ Jesus. We thank you for these words that come to us and pray that we would now be able to receive them, that you would give us eyes that can see and ears that can hear and hearts and minds that can understand. And in understanding, we would turn to you and in turning to you, we find healing for our very lives. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, you may all be seated now. So we're going we're gonna to talk about love this morning. And um, it's a little bit of, I guess, what I would call a theological stew of perspectives on the idea of love, and it spans the century, centuries as we uh, consider these verses about love from the first century and St. Paul's words to the Ephesians and uh, the words, uh, the most, probably some of the most famous words of the Bible from uh, the Apostle John. 
And then we're also going to look at a 12th century saint, Saint Bernard, and his understanding of love and the degrees of love. And we're going to mix into that a little bit of a 21st century uh, theologian, Peter Rollins, um, who, if you're not familiar with him, I sent out a link to a podcast that Peter was on uh, this past week in our spiritual formation kit uh, that I suggest you, you check out. It's a great podcast. Uh, the podcast is called um, The Bible for Normal People, whatever that means, uh, with another theologian-type guy, Pete Enns. And he has a wonderful conversation with Peter Rollins, who has this great Irish brogue, so everything sounds very intellectual and spiritual when he speaks. So there we go. We got some first century, we got some 12th century, we got some 21st century that we're going to kind of mash up together and see what spills out, because I don't know. Well, fun fact, while I'm doing some research on St. Bernard, um, so <laughs> there are, there's famous icons known as the lactation of, of Mary. I don't know if you know this. It's like Mary breastfeeding uh, the Christ child. Okay, um, and then they take it in some different, there's one, they take it in some different directions. There's one, the lactation of St. Bernard, where Mary is squirting breast milk directly into the eyeballs of St. Bernard. And uh, apparently they either think it was because like he received special wisdom from her or uh, he prayed to her and she healed an eye infection. So there, fun fact for you about St. Bernard. Just thought, thought I'd wake you up, get you present here. And you can Google that later. It's really interesting to look at. So, St. Bernard gives us something from the 12th century. He wrote this little book called Four Degrees of Love. Or, I mean, the, the book is called The Love of God. And in The Love of God by St. Bernard, he discussed the four degrees of love. Hence the little handout that I have uh, given you all to follow along, our PowerPoint for this morning. Uh, the four degrees of love, and I came across this uh, in some of my uh, reading that I'm doing for this contemplative uh, uh, a community uh, that I am a, a part of, and um, this is the four degrees. Uh, loving yourself for your own sake is the first place, the first degree. Um, could call that selfish love. Loving yourself for your own sake. The next degree is loving God for your own sake. So it kind of shifts a little bit. There's a sense of loving God. We're starting to understand a dependence upon God. And then the third degree is loving God for God's own sake. You go to a different level into a deeper intimacy with God. And the last one he suggests is a self-love for God's sake. And there finding ourselves more united with God's love. So I think this is a, a kind of a interesting and fascinating um, journey through love and going into deeper places with God in love. And so I just want to take us through this uh, and offer a few thoughts mixed in from all these theologians uh, this morning. So we start with this, this understanding of loving yourself for your own sake, you know, our selfish love. And uh, St. Bernard has this, I pulled a few quotes from, from his book, um, for, for your, your little handout there. And the St. Bernard says, let us restrain our own self-love 
if we would avoid becoming transgressors. You can be as indulgent as you like about yourself, provided you show the same indulgence with your neighbors. Which I kind of like that. <laughs> you know, it's like, look, if you're going to be indulgent and gracious yourself and love on yourself, that's great. As long as you're doing that same thing for your neighbors. And he highlights God's commands of loving God and loving others. And honestly, this is not a bad starting place. This is kind of the place where we all start. It's, it's the place of human to start, human nature to start with a love and a care for ourselves. And Peter Rollins, he, he talks about in that podcast I mentioned, the tyranny of the pursuit of happiness. The tyranny of the pursuit of the idea that there is something out there that will make us complete in here. That there is something that we can find in this life that is going to make us happy and make us complete. And he talks about these objects of desire becoming our very idols. And he talks about this being our human condition as expressed in the very first story of the Bible, the Garden of Eden. That Adam and Eve become convinced that they need a little something more. That they just need a little something more that's going to make them happy, that's going to make them whole, that's going to make them complete. I mean, things are pretty good here in the garden, but wouldn't it be better if... I mean, have you ever said that? Oh gosh, things are going pretty good, but man, things would just be better if... And it becomes their idol. That one thing that they are told, hey, don't, don't go there. You don't need to go there. That fruit that means becoming like God. And they have this idol of self, of I just want a little bit more, and then things would be better. And of course, we know that story doesn't work out well. Once they grasp that thing they think they want. And Ephesians, in the very first part of that scripture, seems to, to uh, like expand on this idea of self-love. The whole first part about being dead and our transgressions and our sins, following the course of this world, following the course of ourself, that, that we all once live in this passion of our flesh, following our desires and our senses, and it makes us these children of wrath. And I do not think that it, that means like children of God's wrath, that God can't wait to bring his wrath upon us. I think when we follow ourselves in this world and follow after all these things we think will fulfill us, we know where that ends up. That, that our lives become, uh, are disconnected from ourselves and from God and from others. And, and often that, that is a place of, of, um, of despair and concern. And that's what I think is mean by children of wrath. The living after this world, trying to chase after everything we want, is not going to land us where we desire to be. It's the human condition, the natural starting place, though, to start with a self-love. And the other scripture I thought of as I was thinking through these four degrees of love was the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower that the seed gets sown and it gets thrown around. And, and I thought, you know, how the seed the lands on the rocky land and does not take root. And that seems to be expressed here in this self-love and this first three scriptures, uh, verses from Ephesians. But we move to a different understanding as we grow in our understanding of God and the world around us. 
And St. Bernard says we then move into this loving God for our own sake. That the second degree means you now love God, yet it is still love for your own benefit and not for God's own sake. Nevertheless, it is wisdom to know what you can do by yourself and what you can only do with God's help to keep you from offending God by sin. In other words, he's talking about we find we need to depend upon God. We start to realize that there is something greater than us, something that has a love to offer us and a life to offer us. There's something that we call God. And when we get this first experience of God and understanding that there is a God that is love, there's a certain rush that we get from this knowledge. I mean, we could even call it like our conversion experience, right? Our understanding there's something more than us that's overseeing things. There is a love that is prevalent in the universe and in us, and we have a love for God. And I think this is like what's expressed to us here in John 3.16, right? That God, we love God because God loves us. And God has offered us the salvation and the salvation to the world. And it's expressed in the idea of having eternal life. However, I think it's still not a mature love. If we just stay right there in that place, our love is not deepened and it doesn't mature. You see, all, all babies have like a certain love for their parents, right? Uh, but they love you because they need you. <laughs> they need you, and that's important, and that's good. They need, they need fed, and they need care for it, and they need touched, and they need love. But it takes them a while to get to the place where they can then truly begin to express that love back to you. And Peter Rollins says, look, that once we get over the, 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 the idol of self, we create a new idol sometimes. Not the idol of self, but the actual idol of God. That God can become our idol. Because God is the thing that's going to do what I need. And God is the thing that's going to take care of me. God is the thing that if I could only grasp, I would then be happy. That I would have all I need. And often, this is what we offer as church and as religion. This is our promise. Hey, grasp this fruit. Grasp this particular understanding of how God works. And you'll have the answers, and you'll feel complete, and you'll be happy. But the thing is, often when we grasp this sacred fruit, we find it wanting. That the euphoria of a God that gives us what we need wears off, especially when God doesn't seem to give us what we need or want. And it makes me think of the parable of the sower, where the seed sprouts up, where there's little soil and no depth, and the plant quickly withers in the heat of the sun or gets choked out by the anxieties of life. But there's a deeper place to go. Again, these are not starting with a love of ourself and moving into an understanding and dependence on God. These are good things. This is the natural way we grow, but is there a deeper place we can go? And St. Bernard suggests that there is. And he goes to the next degree of love. And he says this about loving God for God's own sake. Moving into a place where we have intimacy with God. He says, our frequent needs throw us back constantly upon God. 
By such continual dependence, we learn to enjoy God's presence. This intimacy with God becomes sweet as we learn to discover how wonderful God is. This experience thus promotes the love of God so that it transcends over all of our needs. I think it's expressed pretty well, this, this intimacy with God, with what, when we were singing, uh, uh, Blessed Be Your Name. You give and take away. Wherever I am, whether I'm in the good or whether I'm in the bad place, I still find myself intimately connected with God in love. And at this degree of love, we begin to realize it's not all about me at all. It's not about what I can get for me. It's not about what God can do for me. It's all about God, period. And we begin to experience grace. We understand it is grace alone, that it is work in our lives, sharing with us the love of God. God in Ephesians speaks of this. God who is rich in mercy out of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead through our trespasses made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And it goes on. For by grace you have been saved. I'm sorry. So that in the ages to come he might show us the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Peter Rollins says that Christianity is actually about the death of the understanding of God as an idol. The death of the understanding as God as sacred object. Christianity is about arriving at a different place where God is continuously present in love. And that atonement is realizing that all of our efforts to fix our lives or to achieve happiness by ourselves or even by God is pointless. He says, grace is the technology of theology. I like that. Grace is the technology of theology that makes us realize we are accepted as we are. When the Bible says immeasurable riches of grace, it means it. You cannot measure it. You cannot qualify it. Our human grace is limited even in its very best moments. But God's is unlimited. And there's nothing we can do that earns God's love and nothing that we can do that can keep God's love from us. And this brings us into a deeper place of intimacy with God. And then St. Bernard takes it to one other level. Self-love for God's sake. Or being united with God in love. With God's love. And he says this. When will, when will my soul, inebriated with divine love, Learn to be unconsciously self-forgetful and simply be a broken vessel. That's a, that's a wonderful line. When will my soul, inebriated with divine love, learn to be unconsciously self-forgetful and simply be a broken vessel? Then it will hasten the God to depend upon him and cling only to him. Then will my spirit be at one with God, saying, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. 
Peter Rollins uh, goes on to say that we live in the tension of who we are and who we want to be. But I would maybe rephrase that just a little bit, because I think maybe we live in the tension of who we are and who we think God wants us to be. But when we get to this deeper sense and understanding of love, we realize that we are what he has made us, as Ephesians says. For we are what he has made us. And that is enough. That God has prepared a way of life for us that is enough. That we don't have to work our way to it. We have to surrender to it. Because that is how grace happens. It's not by works. It's by surrender. And God does say, yes, I have a work for you to do, but it's been already prepared. It's a way of life more than a thing to do. For our works are not that which God wants to measure as some way to please God. Works are that good which unite you in deeper love with God. When you finally learn to love yourself, you discover the fullness of God's love at work in you because God is within you. And you see the fullness of God's love in all things and how you and we and our works are an expression of that love. It becomes a way of life. And I think we find that in those moments. Have you ever you know, been in, in that space where you're like, where you're like doing a thing whatever the thing is, whether it's actually your actual job or um, some in the church or outside of the church or a service, or you're doing a thing, but there's like no effort to it. You're doing a thing that you just feel joy in the doing of. You know, I think when we find those little moments, we need to pause and, and, and take stock of them because I think when we're in those spaces, like that's when we're living into the way of life that God has created us for. So, just in kind of like, I know I'm kind of all over the place this morning, but hey, that's what you get sometimes. But, in kind of like, uh, as I've been thinking about, um, you know, these four degrees of love, and this idea of like, self-love for God's sake, like learning to love ourselves, like the importance of loving ourselves, which we kind of highlight, we try to highlight here when we, when we talk about mental health, which we highlight here when we talk about physical health. Um, we're trying to figure out how do we love ourselves better and understand who we are better, and that's not an easy thing to do. In fact, the last thing I'll, I'll mention that, that Peter Rollins says in, in the podcast is he, he talks about it in self-love. He talks about like being with your, your, your therapist, and you've got your box of monsters right next to you that you're trying to deal with in your life, right? And you take it to your, your therapist, your counselor, your pastor, your whatever, and you say, uh, hey, Help me get rid of this, you know? Uh, let's get this, let's take care of this. And what does a good therapist or counselor or pastor do? They, they shove you right in. <laughs> that you have to go deeper. That you actually have to step in to the darkness, into the uncertainty, into the things of life that you need to process and deal with. There's a lot of work in learning how to love ourselves. But that work enables us to truly begin to understand God's love for us. 
And we don't have to live in the tension of who we are and who we want to be or who we think God wants us to be. We just need to surrender to God who has already created us and knows that that is enough. And I think of the parable of the sower and the last seeds that take root and grow in the good soil and the grain grows a hundredfold. And this is what Jesus is continuously inviting us into. This is the love that Jesus models for us. A love that, that embodies intimacy and unity with the Father. That we are united with God. And of course, we flow in and out of these degrees, I think, like all the time, right? There are times when we're like stuck in my uh, selfish kind of love. Uh, times when we're just in the like pleading with God to do all the things we would like God to do kind of love. But there's times when we're in that intimate space with God. And we just understand that God is God and we, are, we don't have to be. And there's times when we discern an even deeper space with God, that place where we feel united with God in love. So I guess my question for us this morning is, you know, where are you? And are there ways in which you need to um, love yourself more deeply to understand your love of God? Where do you need to surrender yourself and your life? Jesus is calling us all to the way of life that is the way of love. So um, let us reflect upon that this morning as, as we're just going to sing a song and maybe just kind of consider uh, where you are in your ever unfolding and uh, growing relationship with God and God's love at work in your life.